Today's episode of Your Stories is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad, so enjoy the show! Your Stories is a wonderful opportunity to share all the highs and lows of being a nerd. You know that hobby you have that you don't talk to anyone about? It's a secret you don't like to share because it might make you feel weird. Maybe you're into something different. Uh, comic books, fantasy football, push-ups. Your Stories, to me, has been this really kind and welcoming space where people just have the guts to be really honest and they share their voices and their stories with everyone there, no questions asked. Uh, I've heard stories about all those things. Uh, maybe not not a lot of push-ups. I maybe haven't heard a lot of stories about push-ups. The Nerdalogs is group therapy meets Toastmasters. I know there's always a place where my odd thoughts and unusual habits will be welcomed and championed in a warm, supportive environment by other nerds just like me. And what's fun is you'll see people in the audience one month, and then all of a sudden they uh, go up and tell their story. So your story becomes their story, and their story is your story, and then it's our story, and then it's a podcast, so it's everybody's story, and then you've shared it, and gosh, that's great, huh? And even if you don't think you're a nerd, you probably are. It's easily the most Midwestern thing I've ever been a part of. Hi, everybody. I'm Eric Garneau, and this is the Nerdalogs Presents Your Stories podcast on tour. This week and next, you'll hear our Seattle show, which I think, objectively, was the most successful stop on the tour. We had a really full, warm house there to greet us, because Seattle is an amazing city, and I love it so much. Uh, I do want to give the caveat we had in San Francisco, though. There is a little crowd noise here. Um, our group had the back half of a coffee house, whose front was full of students studying for finals, so there's a little bit of bleed from that. Uh, despite it, I think the stories are still super enjoyable, which is good because we've got really great pieces from a number of Seattle friends over the next two weeks, like, in this episode, Joe Kim, Tifa Robles, and Tara Theo Harris, plus a story and songs from myself. Now, if you're like, hey, I like this show, I want to see it live, and you live in Chicago, I mean, come on, what are you waiting for? Our next live recording is Sunday, July 16th, 7 p.m. at the Beat Kitchen, and the theme is Dog Days of Summer, because we're spotlighting special guests from Sit, Stay, Read, a wonderful charitable organization that brings dogs to underprivileged classrooms for children to read to, thus increasing their literacy engagement and also giving them a dog to enjoy. It's pretty much the best. Uh, there's a $5 donation at the door that goes to Sit, Stay, Read, so going to our show helps out good people. And also, if you have a story you'd like to tell, we would love to hear from you. Email your stories at nerdalogs.com with a brief pitch and we'll get back to you ASAP. And again, the theme, Dog Days of Summer. Now, of course, if you like the show, you can also rate and review us on iTunes and support us on Patreon. Two things that really help the show carry on. Uh, Patreon contributed to my gas money on the tour, which is great. Uh, so thank you all for your support. We love you. Let's go back to Seattle. Uh, every show has a theme. The theme tonight is sleepless, brilliantly suggested by my uh, previous co-worker, because it fits both the Seattle theme and this road trip theme, because you guys I have not, uh, not slept very well in the past week that I've been on the road. But uh, be so before we get to the stories, I'm going to play some songs. 
when trying to go with what I want to do for the songs, I decided to play songs with night in the title because there's a lot of those songs, and maybe these songs explain why people are sleepless. I don't know. That's kind of a stretch. You guys get it. You know where I'm going with this. Uh, when I did the Denver stuff, I played all songs. The theme was Rocky Road. I played songs with rock in the title. There's a lot of those, too, and those are worse, let me tell you. It was harder to find good songs with rock in the title. There's a few, but they're mostly all horrible. Uh, these are a little better. One, two, three, four, some Van Morrison. As you brush your shoes, you stand before your mirror. And you comb your hair, grab your coat and hat. And you walk the streets trying to remember All those wild nights breeze through your mind And everything looks so complete When you're walking down on the streets And the wind catches your feet and sets you flying pretend that that's not the version we all have in our head. So like I said, this is a primarily a storytelling show. I'm just here to get you warmed up. But also on this tour, I've been challenging myself to tell a story at every location. So I'm going to kick things off tonight to set the tone and set the bar nice and low. Nice and low. Uh, cool. So yeah, I'm on this gigantic road trip. I think I've been in the car. God, I didn't do the math before, but I bet it's like 48 or 60 hours in the past week. 
uh, all with my dog, which is really exciting. She's grown to like it. I think the car has, like, tamed her in a way, because now she's, like, way more chill and tired at the end of the day, because she's been in the car all day, and it, I don't know. I don't know if it's the nerves, or she's just, like, tired of seeing me, so she doesn't want to play when we get home anymore. That's cool. Um, but that reminds me of the last time I did, like, a really kind of epically stupid drive, and I, I don't know why I forgot about this for so long, but I went to Live 8, and the one in 2006 in Philadelphia... Me and my buddy Paul went to Live 8, and it, we like did the drive straight through in a shot, which we were in Champaign, Illinois, because we went to U of I, went to Philadelphia. That's like a 13-hour drive, I think. We did it in one shot, and we started at 3 a.m. because I was also a DJ at my college radio station, and that was my first shift. So I did a midnight to 3 shift, and we went straight to Philadelphia. I think we got in at like 3 or 4 p.m., uh, when we got in the new Justice League Unlimited episode was on TV, so I had to watch that, and then I fell right asleep. I slept from, like, 4 p.m. to 5 a.m., woke up the next day ready to go to Live 8, which is already crazy. Like, I would never do that now. Like, even though I'm on this crazy cross-country trip, I'm driving, like, during the day, like, normal people hours. I'm driving literally like it's my job. Like, you know, 9 to 5 or so, 9 to 6, not, like, 3 a.m. to 4 p.m. Like, that's nuts. I would never again do that. But then, I feel like... We didn't even make it worthwhile because, okay, here's what happened. So we got to Live 8. We woke up at 5 a.m. I think the show was supposed to start at 9 a.m., but it didn't really. It started at, like, 11 or noon. But we were we got there at, like, 7 a.m. to this um, Freedom Park in Philadelphia, which is a giant... Like, there's literally a million people there for Live 8. That's so many people. And we were there, not the earliest, but pretty early. And we were, like, probably about a quarter of the way from the front of the stage by the time, like, the park filled up. And it was a mass of a million people, so it's like, oh, you're crammed in, you're impossibly crammed in, so I'm going to share with you a couple of my recollections from Live 8. One is, when we were walking into the park, a woman wanted to interview us. She worked for, like, a local Philly paper, and she wanted to ask us, you know, how far did you come, why are you here? And I remember just telling her, oh, I'm really excited to, like, see Bon Jovi and see all these bands. And she was like, oh, you don't care about the cause at all? Which now I, I think, like, that's interesting. She probably was a journalism student, because I don't think you're supposed to ask leading questions. But I was dumb then, too, in a different way. And I was like, I mean, it's a good cause. Like, you know, I'm glad that they're ra raising awareness for something important, but I'm just here for the rock and roll, guys. So maybe I haven't changed that much. But um, I remember being next to a couple bros who just kept yelling, Toby Keith, because Toby Keith was playing that day and they were peeing in a, a water bottle like a plastic water bottle that they emptied out they were just peeing that all day so that's what i associate toby keith fans with i'm sorry if that's any of you but i will never not think toby keith fans just urinate in public all of the time uh i remember being in the crowd when will smith came out and we did the he led a sing-along of the fresh prince of bel-air theme totally acapella which was actually amazing like that was one of the coolest moments of my life to sing that with a million people i know it's horrible but that was really cool and then Bon Jovi played, and then here's the crazy thing. So Bon Jovi was like the fifth band. And after they played, we left, guys. We left. We drove 14 hours. We woke up at 5 a.m., got to the park five hours early for the show. We watched five bands, and we left. Why? Why did we do that? Like, when I think about how stupid that trip was, I can't believe I didn't just stick it out. Like, yeah, we were hungry and tired and a little claustrophobic, but, like, why would, why would we bail on that? I have so many regrets about that. Like... I mean, I got the DVD later, and some of the performances were okay, and others were, like, not as good. But, like, this is part of history, and I just bailed after seeing Bon Jovi, which is, like, the worst the worst reason to bail on anything. Well, I saw them sing Living on a Prayer, so I'm good to go. Uh, so I'm a lot smarter about how I plan my trips now, I think. 
you know, I, we're doing this show at a reasonable hour, 8, 8 p.m. on a Sunday, pretty close to our normal st- uh, show time. Hopefully no one is staying up disastrously late for this. Uh, hopefully I'll get home and get some sleep. Uh, I will warn you that once Bon Jovi tells his story, I am out of here tonight. Uh, so the rest of you guys are on your own. But, uh, yeah, I think I'm better about taking trips now, and that was my disastrous 28-hour round trip to Philadelphia to see Bon Jovi play three songs. What was I thinking? All right, so that's my story about being sleepless for the night. Let's hear from some other people, starting with... Oh, thank you. This gentleman... Yeah, you're so kind. This gentleman, uh, so the Nerdalogs have been to PAX here many a year in a row. And I met this guy the first time we came to PAX. Such a kind person, great friend, great storyteller. Let's hear from Joe Kim. Uh, hi, my name's Joe Kim. Nice to see everyone. Thanks for coming. Uh, my story about sleeplessness, sleeplessness is more about my parents' sleeplessness rather than my own. Because I was a hell of a child, and this is a story about me being a terrible child. Um, does everyone here know what Chuck E. Cheese is? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you know that Chuck E. is a creepy-looking mouse with eyes that are way too big in a suit. The vaguely southern racist animatronic band. Yeah, it's, it's bad. Um, so when I was six years old, uh, my friends were inviting me to this elementary school, right? So you invite everyone you can, everyone you know, to your birthday party. And so she's like, yeah, let's totally go to that. And my friends and I were like, let's kill Chucky. <laughs> Age six. Oh. And so we came up with a plan, and it was a surprisingly solid plan for how old we were. Uh, and we waited until, like... Like, he did the, the musical act, the animatronics, well, the robots and everything, and then Chucky comes out in a suit, and he does some singing and dancing with everyone. Um, and this is a pretty packed day. It's like a Friday night. And this is like 100 kids in this area. Um, and so Chucky comes out in the suit, and he's saying hi, happy birthday to the, to the birthday boy. And my friends are like, all right, there's like seven of us. We put the plan to effect. Um, two of the smaller kids kind of go up to Chucky and then like sit on his feet and like wrap his arms around his legs. <laughs> And then me and another bigger kid, we take a running dive at Chucky's knees, and Chucky goes down hard, like, into the ground. Um, what happened was, though, that Chucky was standing close enough to the stage that the head hits the stage and pops off and rolls away. And so suddenly, you have a hundred kids screaming bloody murder that Chucky just died in front of them. And inside the suit's a very angry, blonde teenage girl who don't know what just happened to her. Other than the fact that she was standing with a kid and is now on the ground, uh, surrounded by screaming children. And it should have ended right there, but my friends are like, nope, nope, we're, we're just going to escape. We'll be fine. We're going to be fine. And so there's like the ball pits and the jungle gym and everything like that. We ran away. Uh, and we hid as much as we could into the ball pits and like the tunnels that can't fit two adults, I found out, because uh, we were like rallying the kids like, no, we can fight the adults. We can totally do this. We'll be fine. They're just, they're not going to yell at us that much. Uh, but they had to like physically drag us out of each of the different attractions. Uh, because we just refused to give up to the this thing. Uh, and then afterwards, all seven of us were then banned from every local Chuck E. Cheese in the area. Because uh, it's a franchise, and the guy's like, I own all these things here, so don't ever come back. And I was like, yeah, good job, me. But yeah, that's the story about how I'm now banned from Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. Joe, have you ever been back to Chuck E. Cheese? Uh, I have Wow. You know, I gotta say, the thing about taking down Chucky is you you get one and two more pop up in this place. Yeah, you can't get rid of him, man. 
They're everywhere. Uh, where I grew up, it was called Showbiz Pizza, and then show- I don't know. That was like a local yeah. thing. Yeah, you guys remember that? Yeah. I- oh, Showbiz was so much better. I don't know. That band is too creepy, man. I don't like them. Uh, there's also like a weird aftermarket. Like you can buy those band pieces on eBay. Like people have bought like the old rusted out like band guys and brought them back to life. Why would you want that in your house? It's so creepy. It's so creepy. I hate them. All right. <laughs> Coming next to the stage, this is great. So this woman is the founder of the Lady Planeswalker Society, which is cool because the job, I just quit. If you know the Lady Planeswalker Society, you probably heard of my previous employer pastimes. I'm going to say their name because there's no bad blood. I just needed a change. But no matter what, I can't escape Magic the Gathering. So with that said, let's please hear from Tifa Rollis. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Uh, so I was a little nervous tonight because I don't have a lot going on in my life besides raising my baby boy. Um, I sell board games for a living, which is fun, but not really fun to talk about. Uh, so I'm actually going to be t- uh, telling a poem, reading a poem that I wrote, and then uh, telling a little bit of a short story as well. All right. Sleepless. Sleeplessness. Awake. Lying down, thoughts pouring out, out loud in silence in the dark. Feeling alone in the dark, even though I can hear the breaths from my family. Soft, comforting breaths, yet here I am awake. Days of sleepless nights, hoping my baby would finally fall asleep, yet when he does, I cannot. Thoughts race in my head, the workday replays. All the things I must do and never have time to do. When we are children, we fight sleep. When we are young, we enjoy all-nighters, not needing sleep. Somehow continuing onward to things more exciting than sleep. Now that I'm older, now that I'm a mother, I want to sleep and I am unable to find it. Insomnia. The cruel creature of the night, I fought with this beast most of my life. Listening to the TV coming in from the other side of the wall as a child. Longing to be watching it instead of trying, trying to fall asleep. The beast has followed me to today, crawling into my bed while the rest of the world slumbers. 9,125 days. That's the average amount of sleep each person gets in a lifetime. One third of our lives in restful sleep. How much is dreaming? How much is fighting sleep? How much do we miss out on during those eight hours I hope to fall under? So much wasted time. Oftentimes, my best sleep is during naps on the weekend. The sun pouring into my window, onto my pillow. I finally get some rest. But I miss out on time with my family. My family that I want every minute with, and it still wouldn't be enough. The days end quickly, and it's the same routine. Back to putting the baby to sleep. Back to try to sleep. To get that much-needed rest. I listen to the sweet sounds of baby sleep, like a lullaby in my tired ears. I finally enter sleep and fall into dreams. Dreams so real, I don't get any rest. Dreams more stressful than the stress of everyday life. Awaking to the cries of my son is better than most dreams. We snuggle up until he falls asleep, and I hope to join him. 
the best sleep of my life with my baby in my arms. Yet I wake with a painful neck or a crooked back. Back into his crib he goes. Back into sleep I fall. Back into dreamland. If I were awake, what dreams I could dream. Yet I need sleep and have no control over what I see, what I feel while dreaming. What is a dream? We dream while awake of what we could be, what we could do, if there was only more time, less time needed to sleep, to feel refreshed with less than eight hours of rest. But good sleep feels so damn good. Morning always comes too soon. So to, t to celebrate Mother's Day uh, and stay in the theme of sleeplessness, uh, I'm going to tell a story about a lullaby. Uh, when Xander, my little baby boy, was in my tummy, uh, I would sing to him. I wanted to comfort him, and I wanted him to recognize my voice when he came into this world. So I would sing. Dragon tails and the water is wide. Pirates sail and lost boys fly. Fish by moonbeams every night. And I love you. In the blur that was the first couple of days in the hospital, I'd had a hard time expressing my emotion. After 46 hours of hard labor and a C-section, I couldn't cry. At one point, we set my phone near Xander and played the song. He looked around, searching for that familiar sound, and I started to sing. He looked at me with a gaze of pure love in the most beautiful eyes I'd ever been able to look into, and tears began to fall. He recognized my voice. So I sang on. The rocket racers all tuckered out. Superman's in pajamas on the couch. Good night, moon will find the mouse. And I love you. To this day, I sing this song to Xander on nights when he's particularly wild to help him calm down. He smiles at me with giant brown eyes full of love and I'm the happiest I've ever been. I sing. Godspeed, little man. Sweet dreams, little man. Oh, my love will fly to you each night on angels' wings. Godspeed, sweet dreams. Sweet dreams, everyone. Happy Mother's Day to everyone that that is applicable to out there. Xander was in rapt attention when you were singing. Now, I hope you never show this recording with him because he will use that line about how you'd rather wake up to his crying to bribe you. I promise you he will. Remember that, Xander. That's very smart. All right, guys, we have one more storytelling, then we're going to take a brief break so you can refresh your drinks in this wonderful venue. And thank you to Wayward, by the way, for hosting us. I'm like two weeks' notice. That was so cool. Uh, but this woman is the creator of The Geeky Hostess, which is a geeky baking and party planning uh, uh, company, which is awesome because I think if we're all here, that's probably right up our alley. So please give it up for Tara Theo Harris. Hello, 
everyone. So, um, keeping with the theme of sleepless, I'm going to share a story of my scariest night that resulted in very little sleep. Um, it started off uh, with me reading some scary stories, as often these nights do start. Uh, I was in the middle of Emily Carroll's haunting graphic novel, Through the Woods. It's a collection of short horror comics set in a fairy tale world, kind of like Grimm's and those German nursery tales, but even darker. I'd highly recommend it, just not right before bed. I was having an uneventful sleep until around midnight when I heard a large crash in our room. A loud, inexplicable crash that leaves your ears ringing long after it finishes. I frantically awoke and I started scanning around the room in the darkness, shaking, wondering what had happened. At the same time, my husband woke up, sat fully upright, locked his eyes on something ahead of him, and started screaming. Not a high-pitched scream like you see in comedies. No, this was a low, sustained shout, kind of a... As, as if he needed to push all of the air out of his body directly at the unknown thing standing before him. His eyes were staring intently across the room at our closet. The closet that was slowly starting to open by itself with a loud creak. Oh god, this is it. My parents were wrong. There are monsters in closets and it's coming out. And my husband can already see it. As suddenly as he started shouting, he stopped. He closed his eyes, laid his body back down, and immediately went to sleep. <laughs> there was complete silence. I, in the meantime, am frozen, stunned. A split second felt like an hour. I call his name. Alexander. Alexander. I shake him awake. He was in a deep sleep and is confused why I'm waking him. The crash. How are you asleep? What crash, he replied. What are you talking about? Nothing happened. Go to sleep. Alexander, there was a huge noise. The closet door opened by itself. I'm still shaking. You were awake and screaming. What were you looking at? What's in there? Nothing. Can you check? In the morning. Go to sleep. Uh, Hell no. I, being a human and one that has a habit of being an overthinker, stayed awake trying to find an explanation while keeping one eye on that closet door and my body tightly under the covers for security, you know. Um, I think back to all the proof I've seen about ghosts and monsters being real. The stories my friends told at summer parties. The old house I visited that had scratches on the back of a door that only locked from the outside. The recurring dreams I only had when living in a particular condo of a little girl running down that condo's hallway. All of the scary movies that were loosely based on true events. The concept of frogs, people who live in your house without you knowing. Surely one of these would be what happened here. Surely I hadn't made this up. Was I just having an extremely vivid dream? Was my husband gaslighting me? Was he body snatched? Did I wake up in a new dimension where the crash in the closet never happened? <laughs> Eventually, I got up the nerve to get out from under the covers. I turned on all of the lights in the room and I slowly approached the closet. The closet rod holding all of our clothing had ripped from the wall and fell to the ground, taking our entire wardrobe with it. The piles of clothing falling to the ground put enough force on the closet door to open it. While I was somewhat comforted to know it wasn't interdimensional ghost monsters, I was still terrified. Why didn't Alexander remember this happening? The next morning, I asked him about it. He, very matter-of-factly, told me what happened from his point of view. 
there was an intruder trying to enter our room from the closet and scare us into submission. It took me just a split second to sit completely upright, ready and prepared, and with a plan fully formed. I would use this intruder's own tactics against them. It was at this point that I let out a tactical scream designed to strike fear into the heart of whatever lurked in the closet. The tactical tone I emitted was so frightful and delivered with such certainty that no intruder would be able to continue their assault. Following my tactical scream, it was clear that whatever was in the closet was not harmful, as it would have fled. <laughs> Having fully assessed the situation and confirmed there was no threat, I tactically returned to sleep to maximize my rest. <laughs> in hindsight, I recognized I'm emitting the most terrifying sound I could think of, a sound expressly designed to strike fear into the hearts of those present, and then promptly returning to sleep, may have had a negative effect on you. For that, I am sorry. <laughs> well... I could finally rule out body snatching. That was definitely my husband. <laughs> Morals of the story. It's not always monsters in the closet. Sometimes it's just crappy manufacturing. And it's best to wait six to eight hours after reading any scary story before sleeping. First of all, we don't know that it wasn't a monster who ripped your clothing rod down, right? Like, maybe maybe he just doesn't like shoddy construction. He <laughs> took care of that for you. Also, did you say someone living in your house without you knowing? Like, that's a thing? That's a phenomenon? What? Well, now I'm not sleeping tonight. Thanks. I'm going to play one more song, guys. Thank you all for being here tonight. This is, uh, this is great. This is a big risk doing this tour, and I appreciate seeing so many friendly faces. Oh, and usually I do this with a four-piece band, so um, this is, it's kind of interesting to do it alone, but fun. I used to be a potbelly musician, though, so, you know, I've got this in my soul. <laughs> so similar to potbelly right now. Just less roast beef. <laughs> all right. Uh, this is a song that you've probably never seen a single guy do on an acoustic guitar before. Maybe my favorite band in college. That was not cool in college. Have you seen a so fine and pretty and fooled me with the style in knees? And I feel her from across the room. Yes, it's love in the third degree. Turn your head my way Ooh, baby, baby Come on, take a chance You're old enough to dance The night away Dance the night away Live while Barely a beginner But just watch the lady She's on fire Cause dancing gets her higher than anything else she knows Ooh, baby, baby, won't you turn in my way Ooh, baby, baby, come on, take a chance You're old enough to dance the night away I feel like I should do those David Lee Roth things, but I'm not gonna
This has been a Nerdalogs production. If you'd like to help make more things like this, please visit patreon.com slash nerdalogs to donate today. And go to www.nerdalogs.com for more cool stuff. Thanks for being awesome. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.